Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash petty revenge, where the revenges aren't destroying lives, but they're still oh so satisfying. And in today's episode, guys, Karens are getting taught lessons left and right. I hope you enjoyed today's stories. Hit subscribe if you haven't. And as always, you can send or link your stories to this email right here. We're diving in. All right, so I work from home full time and I rarely drive unless I'm going grocery shopping or out for an appointment. In my complex, there's non-reserved spots and reserved spots in the underground garage, all of which are not assigned. As long as you have a reserve sticker on your vehicle, any of the reserved spots that are labeled reserve parking are fair game. I have a non-reserved sticker because it's 40 bucks cheaper than the reserve pass. So on this day, I was coming back from an appointment and turned into my neighbor's reserve spot so I could back my car into the open non-reserved spot behind me. And lo and behold, a male Karen in his rusty 2007 RAV4 starts honking at me for being in his spot. The guy starts telling me that I can't park there because I don't have a reserved sticker. I told him I was only backing out, to which he yelled at me some more to never park in his spot again. Now I probably should have let it go, but his Karen-ness pissed me off so much. As I was getting on the elevator, I quickly realized that he only wanted to park there because it was right next to the elevator. And that's when a light bulb goes off in my head and I made my way to the rental office in the same building to ask to have my parking pass upgraded. It's an extra 40 bucks that I'll be shelling out, but it's well worth the petty revenge. I'm waiting for him to leave for work tomorrow so I can park my car in his spot and leave it there for who knows how long. There are perks to being fully remote. Guys, this is the pettiness that I love. The extra $40 is well worth it just to take the spot away from that guy. And hopefully he doesn't get malicious about it though. This person shares their story and says, Several years ago, I worked in a tower apartment complex. Parking was ample, provided you paid, but there were no assigned parking spots. You can imagine this led to a fair amount of jockeying for the primo spots. Now I personally don't mind walking. I would rather have a reserve spot a little bit further away because I know it'll be there and I don't have to waste time searching. So I'd always head back as far as possible and take whatever I found. Six months in, I noticed some contractor, a Comcast guy, had an oversized truck with orange cones around it for a couple of days. Now I thought nothing of it. After all, it was parked far away from the primo spots, which is where a Comcast truck should park. But after a few days, they left, only for a single cone to be left behind, blocking a spot. Now I thought, huh, that's weird. Seeing the single cone clearly labeled Comcast placed into a middle of a parking spot, and I thought they must be coming back next week. But they never returned. Instead, the spot that had previously held the cone would always be occupied by a black Audi. And it was easy to tell because the Audi had a personalized plate. Now as a fan of reserved spots, I didn't mind. If all this person wanted was certainty, we could have been parking neighbors forever. But this particular person would use their cone to upgrade the spot when they could. So if they saw a better spot open when they left, they would just toss the cone down and return to take the spot in the evening. 
Well, you can imagine, within a few weeks, they were almost at the best spot, right next to the trash room and the elevator. But I'd been watching their climb. So I wait until the day they finally had their cone in the absolute best parking spot. And during prime parking hours, no less. Now, did I take their spot? No, of course not. That's a great way to get your car keyed. Instead, I drove past it towards the back, parked, and then walked to the elevator. Glancing around, I made sure the coast was clear, and I simply grabbed the cone, walked into the trash room, and that's when I tossed it into the dumpster. As you might imagine, that primo spot was taken by someone else, and I got to see the black Audi with the personalized plates parked all the way in the back near me. Guys, I hate people who put down traffic cones in parking spots to save it. Like, I had a guy who lived by me who thought he could claim street parking with two traffic cones. And the guy did that for a really, really long time, until one day I'm pretty sure somebody stole his traffic cones and that was the end of that. All I'm saying is some people's entitlement is truly mind-boggling. I'm someone in my late 20s, a brown fellow, living in the south. I've been a regular at this small restaurant for years, and I usually sit at the bar. So Sunday morning, I walk in and sit at the bar, and directly behind me is a booth, with four ladies in their 20s having breakfast. I don't really pay much attention to them, as the restaurant's pretty busy, and all the waitresses are running around. I make small talk with the waitress, get my coffee, and order my food. As I wait, at some point, the ladies behind me had finished their food. They left the booth, paid, and walked out. The table was being cleaned by another waitress, and that's when she finds a pair of glasses, and she asked the waitress who had the table about them. I said the ladies just left, and they're probably still outside in the parking lot, and that's when the waitress asked me if I could flag them down and give the glasses back. So being the friendly person I am, I got the glasses, walked outside, and find the ladies pulling out their car from the parking spot. But here's the thing. As I try to flag them down to get their attention, the two ladies in the front seat make eye contact, and that's when they start laughing and hit the gas without stopping. And the ones in the back start swearing at me and gave me the middle finger. At that point, I just said, screw it. So I threw the glasses in the trash can and walked back into the restaurant. A few minutes later, I'm back inside eating my food, and I see one of the girls walking back inside, talking to the hostess. She points to the waitress that had the table, and they're inquiring about the glasses. Now I'm not gonna lie, it did feel good when they pointed at me, and I got to see the look on her face. When the girl and the waitress asked what I'd done with the glasses, I told them I put them in the trash outside, when she gave me the middle finger. I didn't get an apology, the girl just walks out. A few minutes go by, and the girl comes back inside asking which trash can I put the glasses into. Now I still hadn't gotten an apology yet, so I did what I thought was right and gave her the middle finger right back, and she just left. Yeah guys, the girl totally deserved that middle finger response from OP. Like, if someone's flagging me down, my first thought would be, gee, I wonder what they want. It's not gonna be me bursting out laughing at a stranger, and definitely not gonna be me giving them the middle finger and driving off. And yeah guys, a lot of you are gonna be commenting saying, it's because OP is a brown guy. In which case, I hope the garbage can that OP tossed those glasses in was absolutely filthy, just full of maggots or something. My parents rent a house on a quarter acre of land. The land with rows of grapes is not being rented to my parents, but the landlord lets us pick them and juice them every year. The only access to the grapes is through the land that my parents rent. Now before my parents moved in, this old lady who we'll call Maureen used to pick the grapes with her family and juice them. As a side note, Maureen also has her own grapes, but she likes to use our landlord's grapes too because the previous tenants didn't. 
Every year, it's a battle to make Maureen wait to pick the grapes so we can pick our share. The landlord has been clear that we get first dibs on the grapes because we're his actual tenants. We always leave her at least a row of grapes, and every year, she tries to be a sneaky little bitch and get the grapes, but this year was absolutely the worst. My mom told Maureen that she was going to pick the grapes this weekend. Well, this weekend came and went without being able to pick the grapes. My mom's helper crew got sick, and my dad was recovering from major surgery, and she couldn't find the time or energy. That's when Maureen's crotchety old ass calls to inform my mom that she's coming tomorrow to pick all the grapes that we didn't. My mom asked her to please wait a few more days as my dad has cancer and her helpers were sick. To that, Maureen's response was, That's too bad. You had your chance. My family's coming tomorrow and we're picking all the grapes. Of course, my poor mom loses it at this point and she begins screaming, Shame on you, Maureen. You call yourself a Christian? Maureen then continues to tell her that she's had her chance and all the grapes are going to be gone tomorrow. So mom comes in and she tells me this story and I said absolutely not. We're staying up as late as we need to pick every single grape off the vines. Every single one. We both called as many friends as we could. The troops were being gathered. We now have about 10 people to help us pick the grapes and we'll pick every single grape So when stupid Maureen and her stupid family show up, there won't be one little fruit left on the vine. We pulled an all-nighter for the grapes. Guys, I love the fact that OP rounded up 10 people to help pick grapes all night. Like, I don't even know OP, and if I heard this story, I'd be canceling all my plans that night to help pick some damn grapes. Just to help spite that old woman. And I also love the fact that so many people in the comments are on board with picking some grapes, just so this nasty neighbor won't get any. This person says, I'm in a wheelchair, and certain I can't reach any grapes, but I would hold a light. Or run a juicer. Or someone can hide me in a bush and I'll film when she shows up. I may need to get out more. Alright, so years ago, when I lived at my mom's, I would mow the yard every week. It was a hill too steep for a riding mower, and a bitch to mow with a push mower. It was rough, but I usually got it done. Now I'm telling you this because our next door neighbor sucked. The guy didn't like us, and we didn't like him. Long story short, he was the kind of guy to call police on me if me and my friends were hanging out on the porch, talking at normal volume before 11pm. The guy was a real prick. The guy got his hillside terraced, and the bricks he used jutted onto our yard a few inches. When I mowed, I would just go straight down the hill from where the edge of his bricks were, and that was the edge of one side of the yard. The terraces didn't go all the way down the hill, so about halfway down, I'd clear the bricks and it would be open. Well, apparently one day, he decided that the property line did matter, and he would flat out refuse to mow a strip adjacent to our yard. The six inches or so that the brick terraces covered made my edge line slightly off. But my reasoning is that if he considered it a part of his yard when he got the landscaping done, that it was a part of his yard when he wanted to mow. Of course, he disagreed, and slowly, a narrow strip of grass would grow, a green mohawk of pettiness dividing our yards. Now, another thing about my neighbor is he's a meticulous gardener, often outside on sunny days tending to his garden, keeping his grass in pristine, green condition. The guy cared very deeply about his yard, and therefore assumed that anyone else would care about their yard as much. But I didn't give a technicolor F about the yard or its appearance. I literally only mowed because my mom told me to. If the decision to mow was left up to me, it would have blossomed into a rainforest. 
So with music blasting in my headphones, I would mow right next to that yard hawk every week. And it would have been absolutely no skin off my nose to move the mower over 6 inches to trim the hawk. But I didn't, because it was extra work my lazy ass didn't want to do. And also, F him. So for at least a solid summer, he engaged me in a battle of wills, sometimes literally watching me go right past the yard hawk, while refusing to mow it when he did his yard. One time, I caught him staring and I waved at him. The guy must have assumed that I had an iron will, to refuse to bow to his silent demand that I mow the 6 inch wide, 50 foot long stretch of grass, when my motivations lay entirely in the realm of apathy, laziness, and pettiness. And one day, one sweet day that I'll always remember, I saw him using his full weight to body his mower over the now nearly two foot tall grass. The yard hawk popped up a few more times, but it never got that tall again. And I sure as heck never mowed it. F you, Dave. Man, I just can't imagine living right next door to this kind of person. Guys, I live down the street from two neighbors who I'm pretty sure are feuding. And in the winter, they always leave like a little strip of snow in the middle of their shared driveway. And it just drives me bonkers to see that they're that freaking petty. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, so my next door neighbor is a Karen and she recently adopted a few dogs. At first, there was no issue, but then my driveway and my lawn started getting more and more dog crap on it. Everyone who has dogs is very good at picking up after their pets, except for Karen. The woman denies that it's her dogs, despite security footage showing it's clearly her and her damn dogs. The dogs aren't trained well, and Karen doesn't use leashes because she believes leashes are barbaric. And sadly, there's no law where we live about dogs being on leashes. The woman also put them on vegan diets, which is clearly not doing well for the dogs. Karen also leaves her dogs in the backyard, and they bark at everything. We even tried calling police, but they don't do jack. The entire neighborhood is fed up with her. So one day, another neighbor is having a barbecue, and the aroma wafts over to Karen's house. Karen gets pissed and she heads over to the neighbor's house and she gives them a lecture about animals and other crap. So at this point, we've all decided that we've had enough of Karen's holier-than-thou attitude. So seven homes surrounding her decide to make Karen's days from this point on miserable. And since it's summer, we're all stuck at home, so we decide to all start cooking outdoors. 
Some homes even purposely get barbecue grills and smokers. I myself turned my fire pit into kitchen number two. Every day, at least one of us is cooking some sort of glorious meat dish, and the aroma goes straight to Karen's home. I try to cook at least one thing outside, especially if it's extra aromatic. And we all have plenty of wood, thanks to our neighbor who recently took down a dead tree and gave everyone wood. A lot of wood. Karen complains and complains, and she's even called police, but obviously, we're doing nothing wrong. Okay guys, so I don't want to start a war in the comment section, but a lot of comments in the post are hating on this Karen for not only letting her dogs poop everywhere and not cleaning up after them, but mega hating on her for putting her dogs on a vegan diet. With that said though, that neighborhood must smell wonderful every day with all the food being grilled outside. So during my last few years of high school and early university years, I worked part-time at a supermarket at the checkout department. Of course, you would see your fair share of Karens, Richards, Kevins, entitled parents, and entitled kids, etc. But no one in that store was more infuriating to deal with than the most recently hired supervisor. She was the kind of supervisor that would still deny personal time off if you didn't give four weeks notice, despite all of our contracts stating that we only needed to give two weeks notice. But when you did give four weeks notice, she would say, it was so long ago. I don't remember you asking me. At the time of the story, I worked at the store for quite a few years. And every Christmas season, I would say the same things to the supervisors. I would say, hey, I don't have any plans. I'm not leaving town, so if you need me for extra shifts, just put me down whenever you need me. As long as I finish by 9.30. They knew I wouldn't care if it was any day of the week, For a 4-hour shift or 11-hour shift, I was completely free with no plans, totally flexible, and able to work mostly whenever. My only condition was I had to be done by 9.30pm. This was because I hadn't gotten a full driver's license, and it was still illegal for me to drive by myself without some sort of supervisor between the hours of 10pm and 5am. The store was open from 8am to 10pm. So out of those 14 hours, I could not work 0.5 of them. It was a good system, and led to me doing a lot of extra shifts, with a lot of them being last minute. Early November, my new supervisor asked me about my December and January availability, and I said the same old song. I told her, you can put me down for extra shifts as much as you'd like, whenever, for any day, as long as I'm done by 9.30pm. Hearing that, she asked, why 9.30? And I explained to her about my driver's license, and she just nodded, scoffed, and walked away. So mid-November rolls around, and the December schedule was released. I was given plenty of extra shifts, as per usual, but you might have seen this coming. I was scheduled for six days a week, which would have been all good with me, except for the fact that five of them ended at 10pm. I went to find the supervisor as soon as I saw the schedule, and I told her that I can't work past 9.30. So the conversation goes something like this. She says, but you can still work until 10pm. I told her I can't or else I'd be driving illegally and I'm not going to do that. She says, yeah, but there's plenty of other ways you can get yourself home. Have your family come pick you up. I tell her, no, they're in and out of town on business. And she says, take the bus. I told her I can't. It arrives every hour, 10 to the hour. I'm not working until 10 o'clock and then waiting outside in the dark alone until 10.50. She then asked, what about Uber? I told her I'm not working all day just to spend it all on Uber just to get home. She then says, well then, you're going to have to find someone to fill those shifts for you. She then walks away and I'm left there speechless. Later that same shift, when she was the only supervisor around, 
She completely left me out to dry with a horrible customer who couldn't use the self-service checkouts to save his life, and he took it all out on me. Now we've all seen horrible people like that, but this guy in particular was so bad that coworkers, even those from different departments, kept coming up to me asking if I was okay after dealing with that guy. Not my supervisor though. So after I got home that day, I was done. I sent out my CV on job websites. My mentality was, if I'm gonna get paid minimum wage, I might as well do it somewhere better. Within a few days, I had a retail store asking me to come in for an interview. Within the next week, I had a new job lined up and ready to go. So I went back to the supermarket on my next shift and I handed in my two weeks notice. All my other supervisors were gutted that I was leaving and I was gutted that I wouldn't be working with them anymore. But working with that one bad supervisor hurt more than working without others. So the day I handed my notice, the bad supervisor wasn't working. I didn't see her until a few days later, when she stopped me near the back of the store. I'm guessing she wasn't too happy that she just lost a de facto full-timer just before the Christmas rush. She seemed a bit flustered, but she still had that fake smile on. She said to me, so, I heard you're leaving soon. I cheerfully told her, yep, in just under two weeks. She says to me, but you've worked here for quite some time. Any particular reason as to why you're leaving so quickly? And me, with the biggest grin I've ever had on my face, said, I've already told you why. I'm not working those 10 p.m. shifts. And that was beautiful. Within a split second of me saying that, her smile dropped and she just stares at me, speechless. This time, though, it was my turn to just walk away. You know what they say, guys. You don't quit bad jobs, you quit bad management. Like, way to go, lady. A person who's willing to work Christmas holidays any shift and any time is pretty hard to come by. And you lost the best person to work those shifts, all because you wouldn't budge over 30 minutes. Like, I only wish OP's answer to her asking why they were quitting is you. I'm quitting because of you. You suck as a supervisor, and nobody likes you. But that might have been a little bit too savage. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash petty revenge. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's super satisfying stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy stories. And if you missed yesterday's episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. A psycho Karen attacks LP with hot coffee, all because she was too impatient. Guys, go check it out if you haven't, and myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.